Hi, I'm Dahlia Rose, and this is Kinky Facts You May Not Have Known. This podcast does contain adult content, and it is not suitable for minors, and it's definitely not safe for work. Listener discretion is advised. We've already discussed famous mob boss Al Capone and his descent into madness. This week, we're discussing another famous mobster, Bugsy Siegel. Benjamin Bugsy Siegel was born February 28, 1906, in Brooklyn, New York, to Max Siegel and Jenny Reichenthal. Like many other notable members of the mafia, Siegel took to joining a gang at a young age. He eventually graduated into developing a protection racket. It's not surprising that he had many run-ins with the law and a rather lengthy criminal record that included robbery, sexual assault, and murder. During his early days of criminal activity, Bugsy befriended another notorious mobster, Meyer Lansky. Together, the two formed a gang that specialized in gambling and car theft, and Siegel was often lent out to other crime families as a hitman. The two eventually formed the Bugs and Meyer mob, which was heavily involved in bootlegging in New York and New Jersey. Siegel was noted to be fearless and was credited with saving his friends' lives on more than one occasion. Speaking of his friends, Siegel had a boyhood friend that he hid at his aunt's house after a warrant for murder was issued for his arrest. Who was that friend? Why, none other than Alphonse Capone. That's not where his mob connections stopped. Meyer and Siegel also had connections to Charles Lucky Luciano, Frank Costello, and Vito Genovese. While he was making his way up the mafia ladder, he had a somewhat rocky personal life. In January 1929, he married his childhood sweetheart, and the couple had two daughters. However, Siegel had a reputation as a womanizer, and the marriage ended in 1946, just a year prior to Siegel's death. During the same time, Bugsy played a role in approximately a dozen killings. One such killing happened when an assassin tried to murder Siegel by lowering a bomb into his chimney. Siegel was not seriously injured, but checked himself into the hospital which gave him the perfect alibi. It's reported that he snuck out of his room and killed the would-be assassin, then snuck back into his room undetected. He is also linked to the murder of Sicilian mobster Giuseppe Joe the Boss Mazzaria, and he is linked to several hits through the infamous Murder, Inc., a syndicate of contract killers who carried out hits for the Italian and Jewish mafias. After taking part in several high-profile hits, it was no surprise that several people wanted him dead, and it was strongly urged that Siegel make his way to the West Coast to develop a syndicate-sanctioned gambling racket with Jack Dragna, the Los Angeles family boss. During his time in California, he established a drug trade route from Mexico and organized circuits with the Chicago Outfits Racing Wire Services. 
By 1942, the syndicate's bookie operations were pulling in $500,000 a day. That's about $8,624,171.78 today. However, by 1946, the syndicate was having issues with Siegel, and he was removed from his duties that included his part in the wire services. With his removal, his portion of the racing wire went to Dragna. But Bugsy didn't let that stop him. He had other sources of income, such as offshore casinos and a prostitution ring. He was able to keep his businesses going as he was friends with some pretty influential people, such as politicians, businessmen, attorneys, accountants, lobbyists, and celebrities. Some of his famous friends included Clark Cable, Cary Grant, Gary Cooper, Jack L. Warner, Gene Harlow, Tony Curtis, and Frank Sinatra. He also had some dealings with unsavory characters. In 1938, Countess Dorothy DeFasso took Siegel to Italy, where he met and tried to sell weapons to Benito Mussolini. He also met Hermann Göring and Joseph Goebbels, the infamous Nazi leaders, to whom Siegel took an immediate dislike to and offered to kill them. However, the Countess intervened, and we all know where that left history. Although, it's interesting to think what might have happened had Siegel done the job. He demanded the finest building that money could buy, and he would supply gambling, top-notch liquor, food, and big-name entertainers. With his need to make the Flamingo into a high-end oasis, he spent money like it was nothing. By 1946, costs of the project were well above $4 million, the equivalent of $14,417,846.15 today, which, by today's Las Vegas standards, is just a drop in the bucket, considering the latest resort to be built in Vegas was Resorts World Las Vegas, which cost a whopping $4.3 billion to build. But at the time, $4 million was not just a drop in the bucket, especially when a resort was built in basically the middle of nowhere and the country was still reeling from World War II. And add to that the impatient mob bosses who invested money, suspicion that he was stealing from the mafia, and no profits being made, it becomes a ticking time bomb. When the Flamingo first opened in December 1946, it was not yet finished, and it was not a huge success. After two weeks and $275,000 in the hole, the operations were shut down in January 1947. Luckily for Siegel, he was given a second chance and he devoted himself to doing everything possible to make the Flamingo a success. Renovations were made, and Siegel sought out good publicity by hiring Hank Greenspan, a future newsman, to be the Flamingo's publicist. It reopened on March 1, 1947, this time making a profit. But it may have been too little too late for Bugsy. The mob bosses above him were tired of waiting. 
On June 20th, 1947, at the age of 41, Siegel was enjoying a quiet evening at the house of his girlfriend, Virginia Hill, in Beverly Hills. While reading the newspaper, an unknown assailant shot him through the window, hitting him several times, including twice in the head and once in the lungs. There are many theories about Siegel's death, as it still remains unsolved to this day. One theory is basically he fucked up with the mafia, taking his time to build the flamingo, excessive spending of the syndicate's money, and suspicion he was stealing that led to the board of directors putting a hit out on him for his misdeeds. Another theory suggests that Siegel openly stated he wanted former friend and mob partner Bo Sedway dead after Sedway was put in charge of keeping track of the money Lansky fronted for the Flamingo, which caused Moe's wife, B to talk to her boyfriend into killing Siegel. Siegel was quoted as saying, quote, I'll have Moe shot, chop up his body, and feed it to the Flamingo Hotel's kitchen garbage disposal. In a 1993 interview, B says she asked her boyfriend, Slash lover, Matthew Moose Panza, to protect her husband from Siegel. While most people might think it an odd request for a woman to ask her lover to protect her husband, in this dynamic, it wasn't an issue. Moose and Moe were actually good friends, and Moe insisted that Moose go ahead with killing Siegel. After weeks of being in fear of Siegel, Moe told Moose, quote, He's got to be gotten rid of. What other answer is there? Moose reportedly snuck through Virginia Hill's flower beds, rested his gun on the windowsill, and fired at the mobster, striking him at least nine times. Moose then covered his tracks, and the secret was kept between the three conspirators. Well, four, if you count Lansky, who apparently gave his blessings to have his friend, quote, unquote, taken out. Other possible theories include a love triangle with Miss Hill and another gangster, and a mob struggle over the racing wire service. In any case, these are just theories and hearsay. No evidence has ever been found to lead police to a suspect, and the case still remains open to this day. From the son of Jewish immigrants to hitman to making his mark on Sin City, the life of Benjamin Bugsy Siegel was full of drugs, gambling, prostitution, and murder. But without his influence, Las Vegas may not be what it is today. This has been Kinky Facts You May Not Have Known with Dahlia Rose. If you'd like more kinky facts, please feel free to follow me on Instagram or TikTok at Kinky Facts Podcast. That's all one word. To contact me with kinky facts suggestions, please email me at kinkyfactspodcast at gmail.com. If you liked my podcast, please subscribe to be informed of new weekly episodes and reviews are also helpful. Thank you for joining me, and I hope you'll come back soon.